Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice, nor your own sound judgment. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio, where we inspire you to remember your magnificence. Join the conversation on our live streams. Head on over to Angel Heart Radio on Facebook. And there's even more for you on angellight777.com. Good morning for me in Australia, and it's a very exciting morning here on Angel Heart Radio because Janet Hickox is joining me again. Yay! Yay! Welcome, Janet. So good to have you here. We're going to be talking about September. At the, at the beginning of a month or before a month begins, I go to the next month's calendar. So it's a, it's a grid, you know, calendar. Right. And uh, I, I'm always amazed at the regularity through which like the sun comes back to the same degree of a sign, which is not always going to be on the 21st or the 22nd of a sign, you know, of a day of the month that it's going to change to a new sign. And the autumn equinox is on the 22nd this year. Usually we think of that as on the 21st of the, of the month. So it's just interesting to watch how the calendar falls out of sync with the planets, but that the planets, you know, there's their own wisdom, right? They know they're back at the yeah. same time. It's just our calendar that we play with. It tells us about the artificial construct of the calendar yeah. <laughs> versus just following the natural unfolding of the seasons as we go forward. Right. And see your wisdom and the way that you can look at the planet. I can look at the planets and not understand anything. <laughs> the planets and the sun and the moon and take it all in and, and then can translate it for us, which I'm very grateful for. Yes, thank you. And, and they do, they sort of sing their songs, right, to me. As I, I was looking at um, this month and the first thing that jumped out at me for September is the sheer number of planets that are in retrograde right now and will be because I don't think any of them shift until October and we're adding a pl another planet to the mix of retrograde planets when we get toward the end of September but right now we have Saturn, Neptune, Jupiter, uh, Uranus and Pluto all in retrograde so we have what's that one two three four five but wow. if we add if we add other bodies that we're using frequently in astrology, Chiron, Eris, Pallas Athena, Chiriclo, all of them are also retrograde right now. So if you count that up, we have 10, nine, nine planets or points in retrograde. So is that unusual? I think it happens more frequently, I think, than sometimes we think about. But no, it isn't necessarily uh, that common to have so many. The, the planets mm -hmm. that are in the outer realm, so anything from Saturn on out, or Jupiter on out, Jupiter, Saturn, and Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, they spend anywhere from, you know, four to six months, almost in retrograde. Well, some of the new planetary bodies that we are using in astrology are also out that far. So we have wow. Chiron, which is in between um, Mars and Saturn, uh, Jupiter and Saturn, excuse me. And then we have uh, Eris, Pallas, and Chiriclo. Chiriclo's out there by Pluto. And Eris and Pallas, uh, I think they're past Pluto. So it would not be surprising to have them in retrograde because they're probably going to spend a good half of the year 
uh, in retrograde. The mm-hmm. fact that they're all retrograde, though, at the same time is interesting to me because it always seems to be when we have a lot of planets in retrograde that the whole of the collective is sort of in a reframing period of time, a reimagining period of time, or a, a collective review, if you will, of where we are, where we're going, um, kind of redefining who we are. So retrogrades are often a time where there's a lot of internal processing are trying mm-hmm. to, you know, discover, for example, you know, just right now thinking about how COVID has made this resurgence and, uh, or has it, I mean, there's that part too, has it really, or is this just my imagination? It just seems like now I know every other person has COVID. It seems like that I know personally, we're back a year ago when we were grappling with it. I didn't know a soul with it. Wow. So Mm -hmm. you wonder like, okay, so what are we here to learn about this? So everything Mm -hmm. from that collective point of view and all of the different dramas and traumas that are being played out, hurricanes, fires, floods, Mm -hmm. earthquakes, uh, you know, ending a war, um, all all of these kinds of things are playing out as a drama in our collective, not just the event, but what does that mean to us as individuals? What does it mean to us as a people? And mm. I, I think one of the things that we could look at is, you know, are we stuck as a people? Mm. Are, are we stuck in the dramas and the traumas that these things, the, these events seemingly create for us? Like you were talking about your, in your area being on a lockdown mm. and um, what's the fear that led to that? kind of action on behalf of the government or what's the fear that in, is you know engendered in anything like uh, of an outward experience so we get to be in a moment of time where we can reconsider what is the impact that fear is having on our lives and do we want to continue in that vein or not that's really what retrogrades i think are as it almost seems like the more negative aspects of those planets or the fear shadow energies of those planets are what's up during the retrograde right okay and we have the choice don't we do we stay do we stay in fear or do we release our fears which can be very challenging um and, and it's also a time for us to to look for help like to go to our inner uh selves for guidance to ask you know, our spiritual guides or our angels, whatever, our our team, if you will, one of my friends calls them the team, her teams, um, ask for guidance and ask for clarification, ask for help, because it's a time that you can have some really great breakthroughs, you know, in getting to uh, what, what are the facts, what's the truth, uh, what's the reasoning behind something, etc. And Mm. as the month wears on, we add planet Mercury into the mix of retrograde planets. So now all those other planets that I just mentioned, they're all outer planets. So they're taking us on a collective journey as people, Mm -hmm. as humans, or as a universe. Then Mercury goes retrograde. I think it's on the 20, yeah, 26th of this month. And, you know, Mercury personalizes all of this. So all of the changes in the collective then become the personal changes that we need to make within our minds, within the way that we communicate, the stories we tell, how we tell the story, what story we tell. Um, so 
expect all of that outer world crazy changing uh, craziness, for lack of a better word, um, to turn inward on us as we get to the end of September, when an inner planet changing direction brings it home for each of us to identify what in what part of us is contributing to the mass hysteria, the mass trauma, the mass fear. And Mm. then we get our personal opportunity to change that. Right. So often I hear the, the, um, Oh, the, the statement, oh, it's Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> Poor Mercury. <laughs> Poor planet Jesus gets such a bad excuse. map. <laughs> yeah, you know, because uh, it's funny because memes on Facebook, I mean, uh, you'll hear it in commercials, you'll hear it on different uh, shows, comedy shows and things like that. Is Mercury retrograde again or something <laughs> like that? And I'm, I'm like, oh, that's so funny how it has infused itself into our very fabric of society <laughs> with this idea that it's turning our lives upside down or it's something to be catastrophized or, um, you know, something to, to like ward off. No, no, not Mercury. <laughs> But in reality, these planets, when they turn retrograde, really give us an opportunity to reassess who we are, what we're doing, what's the story, what's the plan, you Mm -hmm. know, and sometimes the planets are giving us an opportunity in retrograde to reassess the things that we thought we were going to do. I mean, it seems to be um, effective right? And have slowing us down, the retrogrades slow things down, because if we go too fast, we stumble, or we fall, Mm. or we forget something, or we have to backtrack. So in the slowing down process, we have more time and more opportunity to assess what's correct for us or what's not correct for us. At this point, Janet, I would like to welcome the people who are chatting in the chat room welcome and Naya's in the background which is always lovely to have a Naya there and she says welcome Janet oh thank you and Chrissy is with us and so is Jean Mary so and I dare say there are lots of people who are listening in the background without making comments so welcome to you all and thank you for joining us absolutely thank you for being here it's always fun to have a, a live audience and it's always fun when they interact with us so ask your questions um ask so for clarification away. yeah fire away uh so not only yes. do we have all of these retrograde planets to contend with which even that very saying coming out of my mouth i'm like setting people up already to think ah there's something <laughs> wrong we're going to be in retrograde season um that's So really not true. It's just setting us up for the possibilities of, you know, how we can make some changes, right, to reassess things. At the same time, this is Virgo season, right? We have the sun in Virgo. Um, We actually had uh, have, you know, some Virgo energy prominent right now that gives us the opportunity to reorganize, right, to Mm -hmm. um, reestablish perfection, if you will. the blessings of Virgo are usually around organizing or getting to truth discernment. That's a big buzzword during the Virgo season where we can become impeccable with our word. We can become impeccable with our deeds. 
And Virgo is also ruled by the Mercury, by the planet Mercury. So we have, you know, Mercury uh, in uh, rulership of Gemini and Virgo. And it is a time for us to maybe tap into the rituals and the ceremonies of the seasons and to um, even, you know, maybe start doing a, a ritual that maybe you've never done before that you want to do and to, you know, establish new routines, new habits to let go of the old in, in a way making room for the new um, because, you know, we're in harvest season as well, right? This is the time to, to really let go of the things that we need to, so we can make room for the harvest, right? Let what comes in now. Can um, I interrupt you there, Janet? Yes. Because isn't it interesting? You're in the harvest season, and I'm just thinking here, we're in the new beginning. So the spring, how often do we say we're spring cleaning? So it's an opportunity to mm-hmm. clean our environments and also clean ourselves, so to speak. Well, and you know, what's even more interesting about your observation there, Annette, is that I I often will tell people, especially in my morning show, we talk about an axis of energy where Virgo isn't just in a, um, you know, a little cloud all by itself or in a little void all by itself. It has a partner and its partner is Pisces on the Mm -hmm. other side. So it makes up an axis in the chart and in the natural Zodiac wheel, which means if we started with the first sign of the Zodiac on the first house of the chart, we would run from Aries all the way through to the end, which is Pisces. Mm-hmm. Virgo would take up residence in the sixth house and Pisces would take up residence in the, in the 12th house. Now in your own personal chart, that's probably not the way it looks. It probably looks, there's probably other houses involved, but just for the sake of argument, that particular axis takes us into the health sector, both mental health or emotional uh, mind health let's call it that, and the physical health of the body. So it presents us with this opportunity to do the spring cleaning, right? To do the cleanse, to do the um, purifying and the detoxifying of our environment and of our own temple, our own bodies. So for instance, in your case, coming out of the winter, moving into spring, the opportunity to, you know, be ready for, new foods, new, um, new smells, new, new, just new energy in general, because the spring is always, you know, related to what's new. While for us over here on the, in the Northern hemisphere, we're getting ready to go into um, the cave, if you will, we're going into the season of, you know, being quiet, and it gives us the opportunity to make space within ourselves to go within ourselves instead of, you know, going Mm. outward, we're going inward, but both ends opportunity, give us opportunities to cleanse, to, um, to rejuvenate, to Mm -hmm. in some ways detoxify, whether it's the environment or the body, um, either one is fine, the mind, right, letting go of things uh, that have happened, etc. So lots of opportunity with um, uh, Virgo to to do some of that inner cleansing or the cleansing of your cupboards, your closets, opening up your windows and your doors and airing out the winter in your case and Mm -hmm. and all of that. So I think it works no matter where you are on the planet, uh, just in a little bit different way. Like for me, it's all right. Is it time to clean off the deck and put the, the flowers, you know, away for winter? 
you know, winterizing as opposed to summarizing, I guess, in your case, in your spring, mm-hmm. springifying. <laughs> yeah. um, and of course, we also have a very powerful new moon coming up on the sixth for me, probably seventh for you. And mm-hmm. that'll be in Virgo. And uh, the Virgo new moon gives us that opportunity to start that new routine, to move into that new season, to, um, you know, start something that is of a health orientation, perhaps maybe it's, it's starting something new at work, a new kind of work or a new job, facilitating um, a cleaning up, if you will, of, of where you've been, and opening up to where you are going next, which I think Mm -hmm. the inner planets or the uh, retrograde planets also help support us in in all of that. Yes, I love the research that you do. And it all makes sense. It's such an opportunity for us, Mm -hmm. no matter where we are in the world. Right, right. We have you know, a lot of um, opportunities, I think, at various times throughout the year to reassess. And September seems to be one of those times. And it's, you know, for where we live, September is always a time for when school begins, right? The kids go back to school. So parents are buying school supplies, getting kids new clothes, um, you know, discovering they've outgrown their shoes and all that <laughs> kind of stuff, right? So there, there's a lot of new beginnings that are associated with um, September. But mm-hmm. it's also associated uh, with sometimes the, the preparing for fall, right? The apples are falling in my part of the world. The apples are ripe, um, pears are ripe. The blackberries are all ready to, you know, be pulled and are plucked. Yum. And uh, yeah, it's just a plethora of these wonderful things. And um, it gives us that opportunity to um, bring community into it and to be with our families as we, you know, have um, time to put away vegetables and, and fruits and all of that. And for you guys, time maybe to get ready to plant right? You're getting ready to plant while we're getting ready to uh, harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband was so excited today. He, he texted me and he's like, oh my God, the corn cart's out. Well, oh. the corn cart is a farmer, a local farmer who has, he, he puts out a cart and you can buy ears of corn four for a dollar or five for a dollar, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. so we look forward to that time of year where we can go, you know, fresh from the field corn, Uh, on the cob or you know however you want to cook it up so you know there's always a level of excitement I'm pretty sure that one of the apple growers around here is about ready to have a cider festival where you know it's a time to go press the apples into apple cider and that brings its own you know uh, ritual to it and I'm sure the same thing is happening in your part of the world as you're getting ready to embrace the spring equinox in your case yeah yeah now, our other inner planets are also doing a dance. They always do, right? Every month there's a dance going on in the planets. Um, but before I leave that and go to Venus, where I wanted to go, I forgot to tell everybody that Mercury is going retrograde on the 26th, but Mercury enters the shadow zone and it's in the shadow zone where the upsies and uh, the oopsies and the upsies and the downsies happen. Mm-hmm. And that begins September 6th, which also happens to be the new moon, which also happens to be a whole host of planetary um, connections. Um, let's see if, as I was looking at this, Mars comes into a trine with Pluto, Venus is in a dance with Jupiter and the sun is dancing with Uranus. So we have the potential for 
um, magnanimity, generosity, upsets or upheavals, and as well, uh, sort of a power struggle developing. The new moon bringing us something new in the USA. It's a holiday, Labor Day, so we're all home together. <laughs> and it's the new moon and Mercury moving into the shadow. Yay, right? Yay. So Mercury moving into the shadow means that he's just beginning to enter the space at which he will in, be in his retrograde. He's retrograding from 10 degrees to 25 degree, 25 degrees to 10 degrees of Libra. So what this means is that he's entered into 10 degrees of Libra as of September 6th. And that shadow lasts for about three weeks. It'll be one, two, almost three weeks. And then the retrograde. So then he's in the retrograde zone for about three weeks. And then he moves into the retro shade, the time just post his turning back to direct motion, when he's moving back through the same shadow area that he's entering into on September 6th. So the whole cycle of Mercury, and I hope this is you know understandable to everybody, please let us know if I lost you somewhere, <laughs> um, is that this lasts from September 6th all the way till November 2nd. So wow. our, so the retrograde Mercury isn't just the retrograde, it's the time before the retrograde itself, and then the time after, where we're settling out um, the issues or the disruptions or the inner work that we've done while the planet was retrograde. Now that happens with all the planets. All of the planets have the before, the during, and the after. So we're always in some sort of stage of moving through a retrograde cycle. All right. So is that, I, I went, whoa, because for me, that's a long time. It, it's mm -hmm. over two months. Mm -hmm. It's longer for the outer planets. Wow. Mm -hmm. Right. Because Jupiter, for example, entered into his uh, shadow period about two months, I think it was, or was it Saturn? Saturn, two months before he went retrograde. And then after he turns direct in October, it'll be another month or two before he exits that retrograde zone. Because mm -hmm. they move slow, they're slower moving, so it takes them longer. Mercury moves fairly quickly, so three weeks is a you know, or two months this period of time <laughs> from September 6th till November 2nd means that he's you know, he's moving pretty fast, mm -hmm. um, relative to the outer planets, relative to his own cycle. It's like you know, take like pulling teeth to get him to go through uh, those degrees. And that retrograde is occurring in Libra. So it's likely going to be affecting our relationships, how we harmonize, how we find peace, or how we uh, work together in a diplomatic way to create win-win scenarios within our relationships, both uh, individuals, but also collectively. I mm -hmm. always call it Libra, um, the three C's, collaboration, cooperation, and coordinate. No, it's not coordination. I always forget this one. Co mm. co oh, co-creation. Cooperation, co-creation, and collaboration, the three C's of Libra energy. So we're going to have an extended period to work out those kinks, right? Those issues with Mercury as an extended period of time in that with the sun moving through Libra at that point in time, with Venus finishing her transit through Libra, with Mars entering Libra mm -hmm. on September 14th, and he'll be there until the end of October. So 
we have in in any of these cycles, we have other planets that come in and kind of compound or uh, build upon uh, the transits that are occurring. So the lessons seem to be a little more extended because there's more planets coming through and mm -hmm. solidifying the experience that we had or making the change stick or creating the space for us to keep evolving um, through whatever that inner change or that outer change is that we made. Does that make sense? Yes. We need yeah. to pay attention, don't we, to what, what our own story is. How are we telling it? How are we being the mm. best that we can be? Yes, absolutely. And so the next planet, inner planet, uh, is Venus. And Venus is actually going into a retrograde cycle this year herself. She doesn't enter that cycle until December. Mm -hmm. um, but during the month of September, she is entering into the sign of Scorpio. <clears throat> that means Scorpio is the sign of intensity, of passion, of getting to the bottom of something, of digging up the dirt, <laughs> of, of, of wading through the, you know, the muck and the crap and the, you know, the, you know, what, uh, of, uh, our lives or of our experiences. So with Venus there, it's an invitation for us to do that work. But with Venus as the planet doing this, it's about exploring more deeply the energy of love the energy of love in our relationships, the devotional quality, if you will, of love in our relationships. And that can be how, you know, we are giving of ourselves in our relationships. Are we receiving as well? Uranus mm -hmm. is going to keep reminding us about the receiving part because he's at a gate in our human design that brings us into allowing to receiving. So mm -hmm. we have the giving love, but are we receiving love, right? And, and taking a look at all of that, it, it is, um, it, it's not a bad placement for Venus, but she becomes very much more devoted to love in this case. And uh, it's sort of intense, right? It's an intense. And the caution for us during this period of time is to not buy into the drama of relationships, right? To stay out of the fray of the drama, to mm -hmm. see clearly in the mirror of the person in relationship or that you're in relationship with, whether it's collective relationships or whether it's your personal relationships and to be calm in these relationships to uh, base it on respect. And you're going to love this one transparency to make sure we're, you know, uh, that we're leading with our hearts and, and mm -hmm. not covertly manipulating people or, um, trying to, you know, power struggle with people. So it's going to be an interesting time, but I have a feeling it'll be kind of like an up and down sort of roller coaster Ferris wheel thing going on, um, you know, amusement park kind of thing. Um, because we'll have Mars and Libra trying to balance and harmonize and he doesn't do all that well with Libra energy that way. Then we have Venus, who's the ruler of Libra in the sign of Scorpio that Mars rules. So they're in what we call mutual reception, which sometimes works out grandly and other times is totally a bomb. So we'll see. Right? <laughs> um, some of you may have real good luck in your relationships and you see things with clear eyes and clear hearts and others are going to have that 
that jarring realization that you've been manipulated or you've been manipulating and you are given that opportunity to, to return to respectfulness, right, with one another. Um, because Scorpio is the ruler of the eighth house in the natural chart, there's also a financial component here. And it makes me wonder if our financial markets might be on a bit of a roller coaster during this period of time. And the, a wise caution there would just be to make sure that you aren't that you're following your intuition, that you're in alignment with your values and that you're not necessarily throwing water or throwing money out like it's water, but also not hoarding it or keeping it, you know, close as if you're in fear for your very life with it. So it's a, maybe a great time too then for a financial checkup, maybe make it a ritual this year to really look at your money. Where are you leaking money, perhaps, or uh, resources? It doesn't have to just be money. It can be uh, time. It can be, you know, other resources that you have. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. This is funny because it's related to food. (laughs) (laughs) I joined, I joined up this thing called HelloFresh and they send me these meals, like three meals a week, um, dinners. And uh, I thought just before I joined them up again, I I had gone to a a big store and I totally filled my freezer as in my freezer right now cannot fit another thing. But I also Mm -hmm. am not emptying my freezer because of these hello fresh meals (laughs) that I'm getting. And I'm I'm like, okay, I got to rethink this, right? So the possibility is that I might have to skip a week of hello fresh so that I can dip into the freezer. Um, because I need to manage the resources, food is a resource, right? And I, I can't have the food going bad because I, you know, it did something different. So all kinds of things come up um, during this period of time for us to reevaluate what we're doing and how we're managing the resources that we have, our time, our money, our food, our energy, all of that kind of stuff. So, Jane hmm. Mary has a question. Yes. How do we help others knowing that we have so much work to do within ourselves uh, with what's going on outside? That is a really good question, Jean Mary. And I think the best way to answer that is when you work on yourself, when you do your due diligence, when you work through your issues, when you process what's happening in your own life, what you do energetically is allow that, that movement to to come from you and enable other people to do their work, right? Um, It's almost like when you've done your work, then the opportunity for you to share with others comes up or the opportunity for other people to use, to see you as a role model or a mentor in some way comes up because literally I cannot go out there and help others if I cannot help myself Mm -hmm. or if I haven't at least done my own work. And, you know, that's a, that is probably the biggest aha for all of us humans is that we want to change the world. I mean, I come on here with the hopes that I'm going to change people's lives by helping them entertain the planets or human design. But Mm -hmm. I also know that if I'm not demonstrating the usefulness of that in my own life, then what good am I to the world? Like I can't go make you do exactly what I do, but I can show you from my own, you know, Um, life, how I live according to the stars or human design. And then that ripples out to allow you and maybe your family or your friends or your, uh, your listeners 
to learn something as well. So we always have to keep to our own code, right? We have to keep to our own work, but we know that by doing our own work that that comes out off of us and enables others to do their work and to learn from our example of how to be uh, in this world, how to be our authentic selves. Yes, and may I say, Jean Mary is a loving example of that, Janet. I think we are all good examples of this, right? Because I don't think the only good example is of how to be. I think sometimes <laughs> people are purposely out there showing us the example of how not to be. To be. Mm. And, and, you know, we need to respect that as well, because there's mm. value in that as well. So it's not always just the good example right? If when I fail miserably at something, I think that is also um, something that people learn from. Right. Yes. Yeah. Now, two things just before you go on, Chrissy is very, very grateful for your teaching. So I'm sure she's speaking for lots of other people too. The other thing is, you mentioned your show that you do uh, on living astrology via Facebook. Right. And you also have your wonderful website where you offer a free human design chart. So yes. I, on www.human-astrology.com. No. <laughs> Living. Living. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're I'll like, no, that doesn't feel right, but uh, <laughs> I've already committed to saying that. <laughs> it's living dash or living uh, hyphen astrology.com. And my show is broadcast Mondays and Fridays, um, both on Facebook, on my Living Astrology Facebook page, but also on my YouTube channel, also named Living Astrology. Uh, no hyphens in those two. So, um, you, you can tune in, you know, and hear these same kinds of things, right? Whatever it is that we happen to be talking about uh, on each of those days. And then you, you really come to understand more about how these planets move and how the energy flows and, um, you know, anticipate, ah, oh, Mercury's coming up to retrograde. So I'm going to back up my computer. I'm going to make sure that, you know, certain things are done, or I'm going to check that email twice before I hit send to make sure I've done everything correctly or said things that I want to say. Um, so, you know, living your life that way is helpful, right? It, it, and those are the places where you can find that information. But I also do human design. And so it is my intention today, hopefully, to be able to talk about human design for September as well mm-hmm. as um, the planets moving through human design in a human design chart bring us a little bit more information, right? And what, I mean, it's a, what I'm creating by doing this is sort of a hologram or a holographic uh, multi-dimensional view of what we can expect as we're able to see, you know, in different words, perhaps the energies that some of the planets are bringing us. So for example, in, in September here, um, the first step that we take or that we're already taking um, is the step toward redefining community, redefining relationships and redefining the bargains and agreements that we make with one another and how we honor or not those agreements. And one of the things that just struck me um, about this thing with uh, 
this particular channel is that this is a channel that's undergoing a major evolution over the course of the next several years. And when we see something like uh, an American pullout from the country of Afghanistan, which was already sort of a promised agreement, right? That was an agreement made at a, another time in another place, both to go in there and to go out. Um, and how easy it is for us to start placing blame and laying blame. And instead, what we need to really be working on, because you, this is in your personal life too, is the nature of the agreement that we made, right? And are we honoring the agreement? Is there transparency in the agreements that we're making? As time goes on, that's a huge transformation that we'll make as people, as a collective, as we begin to make agreements that are based in love and not based in greed. And no matter how you slice it, uh, a lot of the agreements that we've made with other countries throughout our history have been more about resources or what we can get from that country, not just the US to another country, but you know, other countries in between themselves. So we're entering into a time of learning how to make new agreements personally so that collectively we can also embrace that as time goes on. Such a fascinating way to start the month of September, I think. As we know that September is a change month, right? We have the, we're going through the change, the gateway of the equinoxes. And that, you know, triggers us to become more harmonious or to bring things into a new balance. And that is the first thing that we look at is agreements. The second mm -hmm. thing that we're going to be looking at is how we go through the pressure of questions in the mind. Like what's up here? What's the chatterbox that's going on? And what's the pressure that we have to um, find answers? Because often the questions that we're trying to answer have never been asked, right? No one said, Annette, prove to me why you're worthy of being uh, an, a, a radio show host on Angel Heart Radio. But sometimes you may be going through the feeling of, am I good enough for this? I mean, I'm not saying that's your thing, but I'm saying it's the possibility that, that at times we get so into our heads. So the nature of our, our relationship to our mind is under uh, advisement, let's say, under change uh, this month in September. From there, then we go into a different level of the mind where we become more gracious. We become more willing to see things in a higher um, state where epiphany and revelation finds its home, its roost, where we get to see the aha, the confusion, the smoke, the dust clears, right? And maybe it's the first big storm that comes through that clears the air, puts out the fires here on our West Coast, um, clears the air of smoke, and we see clearly, we breathe clearly. So that's our third week in September. And the next vital change we go through is a doozy. The next one becomes, energy, right, hold on, because it's one that takes us from chaos and turbulence and war to hopefully adjusting our emotions to embrace peace, to embrace love, to embrace intimacy, to embrace the, the common human experiences that we have and how we can share of ourselves from that deeper place. Then we hit the cross quarter. And in human design, the cross quarters always fall 
at, and the cross quarters are the, the equinoxes and the solstices. That's, I mean, there's cross quarters that we think of as in paganism or in the wheel of the, the year through paganism, but I'm talking about the cross quarters that are actually the seasons now. And at every turning of the seasons in human design, it falls at a gate of love, right? So we turn toward love and more love and the gates that we turn toward in September are about the physical embodiment of love being love in the physical, as well as the spiritual. So it reminds me of the up and down pillar of light that where our physical being is connected to the spirit, to the divine, the number eight upright, right? The mm -hmm. bottom of the eight representing the grounding of ourselves in earth, the upper portion of the eight, the grounding of ourselves in spirit and how they cross at the heart, right? The heart, the love area, the, the love um, zone of our bodies. And then we move into some tricky energy from the very last week of September, all the way through the month of October and early into September. I mean, that's September, uh, November, end of September, all the way through no the beginning of November, where the energy of human design begins to take us through the spleen of our human designs. Maybe we'll deal with that more in October when we meet. Um, but we begin to work through our shadows, our fears, mm. right? Mm. And, they're, and they're up in our faces because the sun is at every one of the fear gates in our human design. So we'll have to deal with that. We get to start that early because Mars begins to move through some of those gates um, mid-month. And it'll be our catalyzing energy to move through fear and come out on the other side, right? To come into love energy. So there's that. Mm. And not to be outdone, the full moon <laughs> for the month of September falls on, let's see, it falls on the 20th. No, that's that, uh, the 20th. So that'll be the full moon in Pisces, right? Because it's always opposite of where the sun is. The mm -hmm. sun will still be in Virgo. So the full moon will be in Pisces. Now the Pis Piscean energy is the sign of compassion. It's the sign of empathy and it's the sign of spirituality. It is the sign where we need to release victim energy. So we, we get an opportunity before the gates uh, begin or the sun hits the gates of fear to let go of some of the fear because fear is really just a victim energy. It's where we mm -hmm. are in victim mode or where we're, you know, clinging to um, some arcane uh, survival um, energy that, you know, we don't need anymore that, or that morphed, right. Survival. It's not that we're not, we're not going to die from some of the fears that we have now, like being inadequate or the past or the future or <laughs> things like that. Um, where originally fear developed as a survival fight, flight, or freeze, right? Those are the things that have kept us alive on the planet. So we have the opportunity with the full moon, then with the fall equinox, and then with some of the planets start as they begin to move more toward those uh, spleen energies to begin to release ourselves from fear. So all in all, I look at September and I think, you know, this is good energy. It is transitionary energy to be sure, right? That we're in a big transition from fear to love. And if you're, you can't hold both, right? You can't be mm -hmm. in both. So if you're afraid of, of something, the antidote is gonna be the love of something, 
the love of its opposite, right? The love of connection. If you're afraid that if you're alone and you're afraid of being alone, then the, the antidote is about connection. So we have some huge opportunities coming up as we go into this month. Indeed. Now, Anaya is full of gratitude this morning. She's learning heaps and uh, <laughs> she make, says it makes perfect sense. I'm a uh, Pisces. Of course she is. Her birthday is the same day as my sister. And it's funny because one of my sisters uh, was in the hospital over the weekend and the other one was, uh, and it was a major thing that my sister was in the hospital for. It even started to trigger me considering I just faced the death of my son this summer. Mm-hmm. And we, she, she went all over into the, the nervousness and the anxiety of the fear that she was going to lose her sister. And uh, I, on the other hand, somehow managed to stay out of that, thankfully, mm-hmm. because I've had my own issues going on with, you know, losing my, my son. Mm-hmm. And I just went to this place of, of uh, reaffirming that, no, she's, she's going to be okay, that, that this is okay, that she's going to turn out fine. And it turned out fine, right? Mm-hmm. It, it turned out to be not the, the dire straits that, you know, my Piscean sister had imagined or worried about. And on the other hand, I have a very powerful Pisces area of my chart as well. And I went to the other end. I went to, okay, what's the most loving outcome here? So I think we get that opportunity. Everyone has Pisces in their charts somewhere and Virgo. Mm -hmm. So we have the opportunity to work through um, compassion and love and to release the victim energy. And it's not easy work. Oh, God, it's not easy. Not easy at all. But it's so beautiful when you can come out the other side of it. Yes. When you see how empowered you are to to live a life without that kind of fear or that kind of victim energy. So Mm -hmm. it's huge. And our Pisceans, they're used to this, right? The people, those of you who are Pisces, this is a part of what you came to be on the planet. So we get to live with you as role models during this period of time. <laughs> well, ain't that the truth of the, the, Pisci, the Pisceans who are on board this morning? Right, right, Certainly right, right. Leaders. Yeah. Mm. Now we have a couple of other shifts happening in September that I want to talk about now. And they're specific to human design. But in human design, we use the planets, right? We use the planets just like in astrology. So the first big shift comes up in week two, which will be on November. (laughs) September. I live so into the future with these transits. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, what month am I in? I did turn my calendar today. So I'm actually in September. Uh, And that's what I mean. September 5th is actually the beginning of this, this change that will last several months. And it's the North and the South nodes. So for those of you who are familiar with the nodes, they form an axis of destiny, pretty much in our chart. You have an axis of destiny for your own chart, personally. And then there's a collective axis of destiny that's happening. Right now, the nodes are across Gemini and Sagittarius. With the North node in Gemini, that's the direction we're moving into, right? And the South node in Sagittarius, what we're letting go of, what we have to release in order to move to the Gemini North node. The Gemini North node takes us into possibilities and what ifs, right? What if the best thing ever happens and COVID goes away? 
right? What if division is healed and we start to love one another more fully? What if, you know, the best things, not what if, oh no, what if I have to, I get COVID or whatever, right? Um, So that's the North node and the South node holds our old beliefs, right? Our old fears, even our old, um, our old ways of being, but it also holds all of the gifts, the talents and the experiences of our collective experience. And you embody all of that, right? We have what we call cellular memory, where in every cell of our body, we have this, this remembrance, right? We hold it. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of healers will do like traumatic cell release or something that's called something else where they're releasing trauma from the body because the body will hold on to the trauma long after it's actually physically healed. So what we're collectively releasing right now are old beliefs, uh, righteousness, right? The righteous beliefs of religions. And, and I'm not saying that religion is wrong, but sometimes those are used as division devices as opposed to reasons to bring us together. Mm-hmm. And letting go of that in favor of moving on to the what ifs, what is more possible, what is, you know, being curious about what would happen if, you know, we did this a different way. So mm-hmm. that has been anchored in human design through different gates and different experiences, different traits in your DNA that are being activated as these, uh, as the, the nodes are clicking through uh, each of the degrees of those two signs. So the shift is happening Uh, September 5th, and it's taking us into being more fully present in this now moment. Stopping our insistence on reliving or reenacting the past and our stubborn refusal to set in this moment so that we can have a better future. So we're not yet into the future, but we also are not into the past. What we're having to square with is the very present now. Mm -hmm. And in the now is where we breathe, right? That's where breath is. That's where life is. And so for the next three months or so, the biggest lessons that we're going to be learning are about responding to opportunities in our outer world to be more present with one another, to be more present in any situation, in any event, and to be able, you know, the, the gate that this will be moving through is part of something that we call the Buddha channel. Um, it's an energy that is very empowering when it's playing out in its highest, when it's responding with in the, in this moment, it's beautiful and it's empowering and, and it's charismatic energy. It's, you know, all of us know people that no matter what's happening, no matter what the chaotic event is, they stay in the center, right? They're calm. They're like these little islands of peace. And you're naturally drawn to that to help us to help be uh, calm ourselves, right? To be in that moment of, of calmness. And that's, part of the shift that we're going to be feeling over these next several months. That energy lies, if you're familiar with the human design, it lies on the throat center and on the sacral center. So we're joining the part of us that is an action in response to the throat, which is the center of manifestation, right? Bringing something into being. So I It's also known as the archetype energy for the manifesting generator. So it can be a very busy time. So I expect these next few months to be very busy and busy with changes, busy with um, our becoming more spiritually 
evolved, becoming more in our bodies in the moment and being more for one another, holding the space for what more is possible and not just what is or what has been or, oh my God, the, the sky is falling kind of energy. Then a little bit later, uh, week three. So this will happen on, oh, dang it. I didn't put the dates. Mm. Hold on. I know the dates because it's happening on the same day. Jupiter and Saturn on September 11th. Mm. That's a very sacred kind of day. Um, they are moving into new gates themselves. And they are setting up in the solar plexus, which is the center for emotions. And I think you and I did a show before it's probably in June, we did a show on emotional intelligence. Didn't we talk about how the emotions yeah. help us to calibrate to our heart center? Sure. Yes. Right. The, yes. the emotions that we're feeling tell us how good or not good we're doing in terms of our thoughts and alignment with our desires or our hearts. Mm -hmm. So Saturn and Jupiter together bring us lessons and benefits. And those lessons and benefits are going to be directed at the solar plexus or in the solar plexus with Jupiter at the gate of revolution, catalyzing change, growth, expansion, getting outside of our smallness and into our bigness and Saturn at the gate 41, which is also the beginning of the human design year. The gate 41 is about imagination. If we can't imagine a world at peace, we won't create a world at peace. If we didn't have an imagination that we could fly, we would never have developed an airplane or spaceship. So the two of these planets will be working in tandem to help us create growth and expansion, but to also be able to use our imagination in very positive ways. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes, sometimes we see it more through the more negative things that we're seeing. Right. And then we go, you know, why is everybody so negative? Right. And then we have the opportunity by contrast from contrast to turn it around and see it from a different point of view. So that that energy, I think, is one that um, is I, I'm going to take full advantage of that energy. So I want mm -hmm. all of you to take full advantage. If you can imagine a world where you're successful and where success is measured in good works or in good deeds or in love or in allowing or in receiving, um, then it can happen. So practice allowing, practice receiving, practice whatever it is that you can imagine so that we end up catalyzing change on the planet for everyone. It's pretty, yes. pretty amazing that those two join up like that. It is. And I always think, Janet to uh, be aware of my thoughts because our thoughts become reality and you're saying that, to be able to look at the positives, to do the flip yeah. when we're aware that we might be fearing. You know, your example yeah. with your sister, how gorgeous, you were able to remain positive whilst uh, another sister was living in fear, shall yeah. we say. But a beautiful outcome for the sister who was in hospital. Yes, definitely. But, but it is, it's also, it was a conscious choice I made in the moment. And that's the thing mm. I think that everybody needs to understand. You have the power to make a conscious choice about how you're going to show up in every situation. And the big situations, the big, powerful, 
heart-wrenching situations, as well as those little minor things, the fight you have with your spouse or your friend, and how do you want to show up in that? So it's Mm -hmm. always a choice. And I think that these two planets, Jupiter and Saturn, are really showing us the pathway for that starts in the imagination. If I can imagine that she can come through this with health, then it can be real. But if all I'm going to do is imagine the worst case scenario, I'm energizing that one instead. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jean Mary's saying uh, we can hold the vision. Yes. And that's what we need. Yes. We need to remember time and, and what is, what is my thinking? Am I, (laughs) because we do, we create our own uh, reality, although we don't see it that way. We forget sometimes. And it's so easy to forget, right? We have lots Mm. of reasons to forget the television blaring at us, the news blaring at us, our telephones, you know, and in our faces telling us the latest news in just a moment, the moment something's happened, we know about it. And it can take us into that very negative field. And before we've even had a chance to process the, the, the event or what, what has happened, we're already getting the negative spin on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to be better than that. We have to choose to to, you know, get ourselves out of the negative spin. (laughs) And I know it's hard. (laughs) I know it's hard, but it's worthwhile, right? It's worthwhile. Mm. It's a worthwhile effort on our part. So I think I'm done with all the things I could share forever. You know me, but. um... (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has been such an informative hour, Janet. We haven't got around to readings this time. I'm sure we will next month. Uh, so for those of you who would like a reading with Janet, um, tune in next month. However, you have the opportunity of reaching out to Janet either through her Facebook page or her website, right. living hyphenastrology.com. <laughs> yes. And by the way, when you go to the website, you have two options there. You can request your free human design chart and report. It's free. Or you can request your, your um, astrology chart. And what I'm doing now with the astrology charts is sending you your free natal astrology report with it. So that's new. I just started that this month. And um I just think it's important for people to start really trying to see how they can put all these pieces together. So, you know, live large and and ask for both, (laughs) ask for both your astrology chart and your human design chart. I'll be happy to send you both. Keep you busy, Janet, as though you're not busy enough. (laughs) Well, I'm just getting back into the swing of things. I mean, you know, I was laid low by this whole experience this summer. Mm. I'm just Mm -hmm. feeling that just just like this week feeling like I can get past this and move beyond that I have a job to do and I need to do it so it's been it's been hard so it's it's hard to do for others when you're in grief or when you're you know Mm -hmm. working and processing through your own stuff yes and it's important that we take time as you have Mm. good on you again that I wanted to do that mind you no no, but grief, but grief has a way of um, taking over your body and dictating how you will be. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you have you have honored yourself, and that that's a lesson to and a reminder to all of us 
that uh, even though, because I can speak from one who was in denial and that, that just has repercussions down the track. So to be able to um, absorb it uh, and accept it at the time, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm at accepting yet. <laughs> I might be getting there. <laughs> oh, it's amazing because yeah. I, I started to say that, you know, I was going to throw out the whole astrology talk today and talk about all of the synchronicities. Maybe in October we can talk about that. Or maybe I'll do it on one of my morning shows because so many wonderfully life-affirming things have happened since Brian passed away. And uh, that make me unequivocally know that there is life on the other side and that he's standing probably right here next to me, you know, hand on my shoulder, even though I may not be feeling it because of some of the most interesting things that have happened during these last couple of several weeks. It's been seven weeks since he died and God, only seven weeks. Wow. But still, I would, I would love to do a show on synchronicities. I think that would be yeah, it's amazing so. because the, he is always communicating. He is always communicating, whether it is the kind of communication I want, like, would you please come to me in my dreams? Or would you please just talk to me? Um, but he's always communicating. And I, I recognize it. Um, because I'm open to that. And some people yeah. are open, more open than others. But I think yeah. the dead, the our, our loved ones are that have passed on, they're always communicating with us or they want to communicate with us. So it's a matter of how open we are. Now, it's interesting that you're saying that you are open to it, which is fantastic. So therefore, you are you can see when Brian is reaching out. That boy uh, knew they, exactly how to get to me. He knew what it yes. was that was going to catch my attention every time. Wow. The dragonfly and numbers. He knew when he left, he knew that that would be, right. oh, I know how to get to mom. I, I know she's going to notice that. <laughs> and that's been the case the whole, this whole seven weeks. It's been those kinds of signs and symbols that I go, oh, okay, I got it, Brian. I got it. I gotcha. I gotcha. You're here. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're trying to communicate exactly, but I got you. And I know you're here. I know you're here. That's so, important. Yeah. Well, you might be interested as will our audience be uh-huh. Barry Gray was on with me last week. He's on on the last week of the month with me. And it just happens that, yes, on the first week of the month, on a Friday here in Australia, he is on with Anaya and Barry is a medium. And so is, I was, talked to him. Oh, good. My daughter and I both did. He, blessing that he is, took the time to talk to both Heather and I about Brian's passing. He did not have to do that. He would not. It it was just amazing that Mm -hmm. he was so willing and so caring and so loving uh, to have spent that time. So all of you out there who hear this, take the time, watch Anaya's show, be on when he's on with um, Annette, because he is well worth it. He is well worth it. He is amazing. And as you say, just so Oh, loving and uh, and also such a um, clear medium, which is fabulous. So yeah. he's on tomorrow with Anaya at 8.30 Eastern American time. So that's 5.30 your time, P.S., uh, in, uh, yeah, 
a.m. in the morning at or at night? At night, sorry, p.m. p.m. So our Good Thursday, evening. his, her, your Thursday Friday. Evening okay. To you yeah. guys, and Brisbane time, ten thirty a.m. Lovely, so, lovely, lovely. Watch them. Yes. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh, Janet, thank you, thank you. And thank you. thank you to our audience. You have been fabulous, especially those in the chat room. Uh, and I look forward to, goodness me, Janet, next time we speak, it'll be October. Wow. This year is powering through, is it not? I, every year we get to this time and I say the same thing. Where did it go? Yes. <laughs> Where did all the time go? <laughs> So, yeah, October. Mm. Great, but I'll be here. Okay. I'll see you then. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Janet. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for being with us. And remember, Anaya and Barry tomorrow. And next week, I have the wonderful Marnie Pernan with me. In the meantime, make sure that you are spreading the joy for yourself and others. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views and opinions expressed by Angel Heart Radio hosts, guests, co-hosts and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.